as I told you a few minutes ago, this morning's going to be a little bit different. Those of you who love sermons that are three points in a poem are going to be very frustrated today. Instead of a traditional sermon or message, I want us to just to take time to think about who we are as a church. I want to communicate with you some of the challenges that we face and some of the unique opportunities that we have. And let's just take a minute to worshipfully think about our church family. And I'd like for us to start in 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to begin at verse 8. Peter seems to kind of summarize much of what we find in Paul's writings to the churches and throughout this book of 1 Peter especially. He kind of summarizes it in chapter 4 beginning at verse 8. Look with me. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We look at, let's, let's talk church life. We can look at the, the scriptures here very quickly and we see at least four keys for um, emphases on who we are to be as a church. He says, first of all, looking back at verse 8 again, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. And so our first element or first key to church life is to love deeply. He says, love one another earnestly. And then he goes on to say that love covers a multitude of sins. In other words, when you and I really love one another, we are able to deal with our imperfections in loving ways. It is when you expect someone to be perfect that you separate yourself to a degree. The love is not there because you're expecting or requiring or looking for someone else to do everything just right. And so he says, we love deeply. That love that even covers a multitude of sins. We genuinely care for one another as brothers and sisters. The, the second element to being church that he shows us in this text is just be kind. You see in verse 9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Be kind. Go out of your way to find ways to help one another. Show hospitality without grumbling. Grumbling is the easiest thing for us to do, especially in our mixed-up crazy world that is even mixed-upper and crazier than ever before. Grumbling's easy. He calls us to the harder job of hospitality. Just be kind. And then... The third key that he represents here, the third element of being church, serve others. 
He says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. I think we misunderstand spiritual gifts to a large degree. Often, I think, unintentionally, we teach each other, God gave you a spiritual gift to make you special. Guess what? That's not at all what the Bible says. God gave you a spiritual gift for two reasons. One is to serve others, and two, to glorify God. Your gift is not about you. But whatever gift he gave you, we don't want to use it to, to, to make sure everybody sees that we're special and that we stand out and, and we're talented or gifted or whatever. Whatever gift he gave you is to be used to serve the rest of the church and later to glorify him. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as God's, uh, as good stewards of God's varied grace. He made each of us different, gave each of us various gifts, and we want to be good stewards of that. And so we use our gifts in service to one another. And then finally, the fourth element or the fourth key to understanding church is praise God. He concludes here by saying, whoever speaks Speak as one who has the oracles of God. Whoever serves, serve as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in, in order that in everything God may be glorified. See, if you speak, you need to be speaking what God said to speak. And when you serve, you need to be serving in the strength God provides. It's all about Him and not about you or me. In order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. That's our goal. That all that we do and all that we are as a church, we would glorify Him. So with those four keys, those, those elements of what it is to, to live the church life together, with those in mind, let's talk about some important issues. First, let's talk challenges. And our church does face some challenges. Uh, one of the more obvious ones, I think, is our size. We are at a, we are at a, a unique position. We are in the hardest church size for continued growth. And let me explain that. We are big enough that it's very difficult for one full-time pastor to understand, to organize, to communicate, to connect, to keep everything going, but we're small enough that we should not have any more than one full-time pastor right now. We're in a very difficult position. Regular member attendance, so we're not counting regular attenders, but regular attendance by members, when you reach around 200, that is the hardest barrier to break. And we've been there for some time. It's, it's very difficult to move beyond that because you're too small to make the, the changes necessary to move forward and you're too big to stay where you are. So it, it, it's challenging. Another challenge that we face is our space. And what I mean by that is uh, we, we've known for many years that when you reach 80% capacity of a room, you're going to stop growing. People like to be able to come into a room and they like to be able to move a little bit, have a little bit of elbow room. 
They, they don't like to come in and be crowded and smushed. So 80% is where you normally level off. Well, we've, we've been at 80% for some time. One of the amazing things that I'm thrilled about is we started live streaming primarily because of the pandemic. It's something we should have been doing anyway, but we are live streaming every week. And one of the unique, um, I think, opportunities, uh, blessings that we've seen from that is as so many people have been live streaming, it kind of opened up some more of that 80% for some newer people to come in and have a spot to be. And I think that's fantastic. Um, by the way, while we're talking about live streaming, um, we have between 35 and 40, or is that, is that fair to say 35 and 40, 50 now, uh, devices on most Sundays that are live streaming. Now, normally a device would be one screen, and there very well could be a couple or a family watching that one device. So if we have 50 devices, we're talking about around 100 people who are in our church experience, but not in the room. So this is exciting time for us. This is, this is a, a, a wonderful time as God is blessing and moving, but it also does bring some challenges. One of the other challenges that, uh, that we have been facing is there's been some confusion about how do we join the church. And I take responsibility for that confusion. The reason that happened was for the past 100 years, we did invitation at the end of worship the very same way. You sing just as I am, and people walk down the aisle, they say, I want to join the church. Well, you have three ways you can join the church. As a new believer, you get baptized for the first time as a new believer. If you were baptized in another Baptist church, we transfer your membership from that church to ours. Or you say, I really was baptized in another Baptist church, but I don't have record of it. The church burned, whatever, whatever. Okay, we'll just take your word for it. We'll take you by statement. So there were three specific ways that you could join our church, and it had to happen during one song at the end of worship. Now, the problem with that was that put me on the spot big time because I know y'all got tired of singing just as I am if you had to sing five or six verses. So I'm trying to stop the song as soon as we can, but... Now I've got three people here, and I've got to find out their whole life story, and we've got to have a spiritual conversation to figure out where they are in their relationship with Christ, and I have to figure out where they fit into the Baptist polity so we can put a check on the right piece of paper. So the pandemic gave us an answer. Because when we were trying to be careful during the pandemic, we didn't have face-to-face -face interaction. So we didn't have that public invitation time at the end. What I did instead was say, uh, you know, once, once church is over, once everything's done, I'm going to stay here. You come and talk to me, and we'll work it out. Now, we're, we're beyond all the extra protocols, but I want to keep that practice because it gives us a chance to sit and talk. It gives us an opportunity to find out what's happening and to figure out where we're headed. 
And so that is working really well. But since we changed the way we do it, we did not have the right processes. Don't you love that word? We didn't have the right process in place. Old time, you had a piece of paper. You come, you fill out the piece of paper, and you check a box. Now, there, there was not a process in place. And so people would come to me and say, I want to join. I'd say, oh, that's great. That's wonderful. And, but my brain was mushed because I just preached. And then by that afternoon, I couldn't remember who said what. So I accept some of the responsibility for some of the confusion about am I a member or not? Because of that, we started the membership class. And I want the membership class to become the way people join our church. We, still, we have not approved that. We still need to talk about that. But I would like to see that happen. You go through the membership class, you get to hear what we believe, why we practice what we practice, what is our history, how did we get here, uh, how can you be involved, what's important, what are the plumb lines, the guidelines for our church. You get to talk about all of that stuff before you decide if you're going to join the church or not. So eventually, I would like for us to say the way you join our church is you go through the, the membership class and after you understand what it means to be a member, then you express interest in being a member. And then you and I can sit down and talk about what baptism would look like and if it's necessary in your case and all that stuff. Okay? That's where I'd like for us to get. But joining the church has been and still is to a degree a challenge right now. Another challenge is our fellowship. Because of the chaos of the last couple of years, we were not able to stay connected the way that we always have, the way we want to. And so we need to start working on that fellowship aspect. Part of that does involve church-wide events. But beyond that, it's just interacting with one another, fellowship, spending time together, getting to know one another, supporting one another. The fellowship of the church is, is a challenge right now. And then... There, I, I have had some personal challenges. Um, the last year and a half, I've had a number of minor health issues. Um, and those, I think we've got most of those health issues under control. I won't bore you with all of that. But almost all of my health issues, except for the skin cancers, almost all of my health issues were related to stress. And so... I've got to make some changes. I've got to figure out some, uh, some ways to adjust that so that you and I can continue to, to minister together for, for a few more years at least. Now, you're saying, I know I can hear you. You're saying, John, you and Lisa are too young to have health issues. And, and I say, I, I agree completely. We're too young to have health issues. We're too young to be grandparents, but we're going to be in August. So we're excited, if you can't tell. We're wonderful. Challenges. We need to start these conversations. We need to be honest and open and recognize that we've got some work to do. All right? Also, let's talk life groups. Life groups. Now, life groups, I think, are the heart of the church. Sunday morning worship is when we all get together and we worship the Lord. You are focused on Him. I am focused on Him. So you're staring at the back of someone's head 
and your focus is upward as it should be. Life group is where the church focuses on one another. Life group is where we get to share life together, where we get to spend time, get to know one another. We're there to minister to one another. Now, as our church grows numerically, this becomes more and more important because we all now accept responsibility to minister to one another instead of hoping one minister can take care of everybody. We all minister to one another. And that's why we encourage and we, and we, we emphasize life groups. It's so important. The, the, uh, the best size for a life group is 10 to 12 people. If you look at how Jesus organized his disciples, he had 12 guys around him. They, they made up their own little life group, if you will. And I think that's, that's our prime, our perfect number. Now, we've had challenges here as well. And for those of you who have said, I want to be in a life group and you never heard anything back, I apologize. That's on me. That has happened a number of times. And let me tell you why. We do have some folks who want to be in life groups. And so when you're ready to join a life group, you're thinking, find me a group and I'll join. Well, I'm looking at our structure and we've got six life groups that are full and functioning. So I don't have another one to put you in. So what we need to do is create brand new life groups of all the new people. But then you've got a group of new people and, and maybe there's not somebody there who is confident in the church enough to lead and guide that whole group. So this has been, this has been a, a, a challenge. This has been difficult, and, and I want to apologize. I accept responsibility for not getting life groups organized better and sooner. Let's work on that together. So I think what I'd like to do is um, have, have a, a, probably an informal meeting of people who think they might be interested in hearing about what it would be to, to be a facilitator. Facilitators are not teachers. You don't even really have to be hosts, not even necessarily host the group in your home, although that would be certainly a possibility as well. But if you, if you would be willing to just talk about what would it mean to be a facilitator, to help a group talk together, I want to have a quick little meeting and we'll schedule that soon because if I can get facilitators in place, then we can start building groups around those facilitators and those groups then can begin to form. I also want to have a meeting soon for all the people who have gotten kind of left out over the last year or so. You, you said you wanted to be in a life group and it didn't work and now we got, we got to get that fixed. So we'll have one big meeting and we'll get everybody figured out and we'll get it ready to go, all right? First, I got to get my facilitators lined up. I need probably five, six couples who would be willing to just lead conversation and get people together. And uh, once I get that done, we'll have a meeting for everybody who needs or wants to be in a life group and we'll get everybody figured out, all right? Let's talk missions. Let's talk missions. I would love to see us create a missions team. And this came out of an informal meeting that we had recently with folks who are involved in our missions um, trips to Honduras. We had an informal meeting and we were talking about what to do in the future and that kind of thing. 
out of that meeting came this idea that we, that we create a missions team, kind of like church council, only it would only focus on missions. And that team would be responsible for uh, organizing, promoting our mission trips to Honduras. They would, they would uh, work with a kind of like liaison for 61 Isaiah. 61 Isaiah is the mission sending organization that we partner with that is, um, is in Honduras. And one of our own members is going to be working in Africa very soon. And we want to find ways that we can support her work in Africa. This missions team would kind of help coordinate that and look through um, how we communicate and, and how we keep that support going. Also, I'd like for this missions team to help us remember to emphasize uh, the, the traditional offerings. Some of you who grew up in Southern Baptist life, you remember when we had a Christmas offering every year for Lottie Moon, right? And we had an Easter offering for Annie Armstrong. And we had a, I think it was in September, but we had a, an offering for state missions um, that was called Mary Hill Davis. Uh, Lottie Moon is, is to support the missionaries throughout the whole world. Annie Armstrong supports missionaries within North America. And then the state offering were, you know, went to mission work within the state of Texas. Well, over time, we have kind of dropped that and we've kind of neglected those offerings. This missions team would organize, help us to emphasize those offerings again so that we could financially support as many missionaries as possible. I'd also like this team to coordinate with the Texas Baptist men. Um, you know how valuable their work is. Our town would not be our town today were it not for Texas Baptist men, and I, that's not hyperbole. We, we want to support them any way we can. We want to work with them any way we can possibly do that. And so I'd love for this missions team to help us connect with them and, and, and do our work with them. I'd also like to see us create our own little disaster response team, within, and the missions team would be responsible for overseeing that. This, this would not necessarily be duplicating the work the Texas Baptist men do, but you remember when we, when, when we were in the midst of it and we were going nuts, Crawford, First Baptist Crawford came over and led worship for us to give our staff a break, give our dig. They, I mean, they had their own preacher. They had their own music people. Uh, they, had, they brought their own ushers. The, the deacons deked that day, you know, and it worked out great. Um, I would love for us to do that, to, to pay that forward, if you will, to, to continue that ministry. So what I'd love to see us do is put that little, that little uh, trailer together that's got all those tools and all that stuff in it, and let's go to a disaster, let's physically help, but let's also lead worship, let's connect with them, let's, let's get to know the, the local pastor and specifically minister to him or her instead of duplicating Texas Baptist men. So all of this falls under this missions team that I'd love for us to look at. Also, that mission team would look at our local community. How could we have the biggest impact here locally? We want to do foreign missions. We want to do North American missions. We want to do state missions. We want to do disaster missions, but we also want to do local 
missions. What can we do? So this is something I'd like for us to keep talking about is uh, missions specifically led by a missions team. Let's talk about membership. Um, membership has, has uh, we, we've, we've seen it grow dramatically during and since the pandemic, which is amazing. I think a lot of that is because the invitation changed. After we changed the invitation, we saw some real benefits to that. We've had more response. We've had more time to talk. Uh, people are much more willing to come and have a conversation about what it would mean to join our church. It has provided, it has caused some challenges that we ran through a little bit earlier. The process wasn't there, depending too much on my memory, and follow-up became a little bit of a challenge because we didn't have that little card that we always used in the, in the traditional way. So some of the solutions that we're going to put in place involve simple technology. Uh, we're we're going to have an iPad or, or an iPhone or something up here with a simple form that is basically contact information so I know how to follow up when somebody comes forward. I'm working with Heather on some of those ideas, and we're, we're going we're gonna to put that stuff together. Um, and so technology is going to help us. We also have within the, the church structure now a fantastic church management system. Think of it like a, like a database on steroids. It is, it is fantastic. We're going to be able to utilize that now to keep up with who are members, how have they joined, when have they joined, have, you know, have we made all the contacts we need to make. All that stuff is going to be a big help. And then also I already shared with you the membership class I would love for that to become the way people join our church so we have time to make sure they know what they're getting into. Let's talk finances. I know that's everybody's favorite topic at church. Um, we, one of the things that we've seen that make, uh, made us unique is while other churches were struggling through the pandemic, we did very well financially, even in the most difficult times. And one of the reasons for that is we have many ways to give. You can still put your money in an offering plate if you want to. Those offering plates are in the foyer every Sunday. As you leave, you can put your money in that plate, and we'll know that's your tithe, your offering. Uh, or you can, you can go to the Church Center app. Hopefully you have that Church Center app on your phone now, and you can give directly in there. You can text any dollar amount to 84321. 84321, and it'll say, hey, looks like you're trying to give us 50 bucks. Where do you want to put that, in this, this fund or that fund? And then you're good to go. So there are so many ways. You can still mail it in. You, you, know, you can go online to the website. There are so many ways to give that that has, that has been a huge help for us. So we have seen some increased giving even when others were really, uh, other churches were really kind of suffering. And we even saw that in our recent report. The last financial statement showed that we received a good bit more than we spent this last calendar year. And so we, we have been blessed in that way. Uh, God has taken care of us and you have been generous. There are two, there are, 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 think of, of giving in our church really kind of in two categories. Your tithe, that's 10% of your income, your tithe is uh, usually we try to encourage folks to give that tithe to our general budget. 
just you, you put that money in the plate, it's going to go to our budget. The budget is permission to spend. In other words, we have all agreed that we're going to spend this much money on these items. And when you tie, that's where your money goes. We have another category that we call designated funds. Designated funds is not really permission to spend. It's actual cash money that has been set aside for a specific purpose. And I encourage people to tithe to the budget, but then your offerings over and above the tithe would, would go into, perhaps if you choose, they could go into the designated funds. You could give money to the building fund. You could give money to the um, audiovisual fund, to special campaigns. There's a whole list of them. And while our budget is doing very well, our designated funds are dwindling. And so some of you who have uh, the opportunity to make offerings over and above, uh, you might look at some of those designated funds and give me a call and we can, I, I can kind of direct you in where we might need some help in those areas. And then as we create a missions team, if the church decides to do that, I would like for us to have a missions line item where it's just budgeted. It's just, it represents a part of who we are and what we do. Some of our money is going to go to 61 Isaiah and to our member who's going to be working in Africa. Some of that money's just going to be budgeted that way. I'd like for us to have that conversation. Well, let's talk serving. The first thing that I want to ask you is you think about where you can volunteer, where you can serve in church. The first thing is to get over this one hurdle that, that has always been an obstacle in church, and that is this. Please don't wait to be recruited. I know because of your humility, you don't want to force yourself or push yourself into something, and so you're waiting for the nominating committee or the staff member or the Sunday school teacher to come and say, hey, would you serve in this way? But I'm going to ask you not to wait to be recruited. I'm asking you just to speak up and volunteer. In the pew rack in front of you, there is a volunteer card. And there are specific ways that we need help. We need you doing something in the church body. And you could, you could put a check in, in that card. Give me the card or put it in the plate. You can call me. You can text me, email me, whatever. But here are some of the things we need. We need more people working with our worship team. What we'd like to do is have three people ready to go in each position so it becomes a rotating thing and we always have people ready to lead on any given Sunday morning. Same thing with our tech team. Some of those guys have to be here every single Sunday in order to keep things running smoothly. We need somebody to, to learn how to do the pro presenter, the slides. We need somebody to learn live streaming. We need somebody to learn sound. We, we've got video stuff. There's, and it's cool. It's fun. Those, that is the coolest group to be a part of. I'm telling you, the cool kids sit in the back. We need more people to volunteer to help with that kind of thing. We, we want to create a new youth committee. We have a children's guidance committee. I'd like to see the same thing for youth. And Robert actually brought this up as a, as a request. I'd like for us to put six people together who have a heart for teenagers and would be willing to meet with, with Robert give him advice, give him encouragement, help plan things, maybe help through volunteering and being present, but not necessarily. We need help in the nursery. Wendy's in the nursery today because we need workers in the nursery on Sunday mornings. We need more workers with Children's Church. We've got a pretty good rotation now in Children's Church, but 
it's, it, we don't have enough. The people who do serve in children's church have to serve too often. We need more people who would be willing to, uh, to work with our kindergarten and younger during the worship hour, and we've got the, they'll have their own little curriculum, their own little stuff that they do that is on their level, and it's all laid out for you. Wendy does a great job of preparing all that, so it's, it's easy to do, but we need more folks who would work with that. I need some more life group facilitators. I'd love to have four or five couples who say, you know, we, we, can, we can lead discussion. We can get together and do that. I do have, by the way, just so they don't feel like I'm neglecting, I do have one couple who's been ready to go. And, and I appreciate that one couple. We're going we're gonna to get that started soon. But I need another four or five. I'd like to have a photographer or two to, that could take pictures of new members. We'd have to set up an opportunity to do that. But you take pictures of, of new members, then we're able to share those pictures with the church because as it is now, I hear you all the time. I hear you say, I look around and I don't know half the people. Well, I mean, that, that's a little confusing, but it's a blessing. That means things are happening. And we want to get to know one another. So I'd love to have a photographer who could organize pictures and take pictures of people and help us get to know one another in that way. So these are some of the ways that you could serve. Please don't wait for me to think of you and come to you. Just speak up and say, I can do that. That would be a huge help for us. Let's talk staff and we're done. I just want you to know that right now in our, in our church, we are very blessed. We have a very strong team of, uh, of our, our staff, what we call the leadership team. Now, through the years, we've had some superstars. We've had great ministers in different areas. This, right now, the team works together so beautifully. We communicate well. We're headed in the same direction. We understand one another. We're working very well. And I want you to know that because that, that's, a good, that's another way that God is blessing us. That also has given us a, a unique opportunity. The fact that we are this close to Truett and the fact that we're far enough from Truett that just everybody doesn't come over here has put us in a special position that allows us the opportunity to train, to teach young ministers what ministry looks like. We have the chance as, as a church that is just the right size and just the right distance from Truett that we're able to invest in the kingdom by investing in the lives of some of our young ministers. Um, Robert and Wendy are both brand new to ministry. This is their first job, if you want to call that. And they're both learning and growing, and we're able to encourage them. And that's what I want to ask you to do. Understand that we are investing in the kingdom. Encourage them, support them, help them along the way. But remember, they only have one immediate supervisor. All right? They only have one. And then they and their immediate supervisor answer the personnel committee. What we want to do is, is support and encourage and help and, and, and celebrate all the work that's being done with our, our team. It's really exciting as we invest, invest in that kingdom. I'm also going to have the opportunity, because of those connections, to 
uh, enter into a formal mentoring uh, uh, relationship with two of our young people. Robert is a seminary student. You know him as, as our youth pastor. Lane is also a, a seminary student. Lane is the husband of our children's pastor, Wendy. Robert and Lane, and as they go through seminary, you get to a semester where you're, you're supposed to have a formal mentoring relationship. And I'm going to get to do that with both of those guys. What that means for you is that I'm going to share with them the pulpit sometimes. They're going to be doing a little bit of preaching. You'll see them in the baptistry from time to time. We'll be going to hospitals together. Um, we're we're going we're to be able to mentor them along the way. So you'll see those guys more and more over the next, uh, the next year, really. And I wanted you to know that that's part of their formal training as well. Let me finish with Colossians 3.16. Here is Paul's request and prayer for the church. And I think this is ours as well. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God.